This podcast is intended for mature audiences and contains adult language and subject matter. Listeners, please be advised. I am Bonnie Neal, and welcome back. Welcome back. This is our very special, brought to you midsummer special of Drinking With Your Ex. This is the podcast uh, that Blake and I do about being single and over 40. Um, if you've been tuning in thus far, you understand why both Blake and I are both still single and over 40. It's not a mystery anymore. Um, we are bringing this to you because Blake, uh, wonderful Blake, is turning 50. Yay. <laughs> uh, this Friday, June 30th, 2023, he will be throwing a big blowout in New York City. There is an invite. Everybody is invited to his birthday party in New York City. And we are doing this one episode this uh, summer. We have been taking a hiatus from... And we are so sorry we didn't tell you. It just kind of happened. It did, because Blake, as you have maybe realized, does absolutely fucking nothing for this uh, this podcast. Um, and, you know, I have like a real life and a real job. And I, you know, I got busy. I'm sorry. I love you. I miss you. But I got really busy. And I didn't tell you. And I'm sorry, but we're just taking a hiatus. We will come back. We will. Uh, I, I had a regional Burning Man event, and then I'm going to actual real fucking Burning Man. And Blake is doing his um, amazing Blake-ness self. So I'm going to go play in the desert and then we will come back and talk about it but Blake is in the meantime gonna turn 50 so we are coming to you with on the precipice the cliff of 50 exactly so our topic today is um a Wookiee looks at 50 uh, <laughs> where Blake is going to tell us what it like a well-aged Wookiee 50 half century life is like yes welcome ladies and gentlemen this is no longer drinking with your ass this is Wookiee after dark <laughs> Wookiee after dark um but you know we're we're going to go back. We do still have this podcast that Blake and I do. It does have three rules. The first rule, Blake, is... Oh, man, he's chewing on a piece of ice. All right, so I will do it. The first rule of the podcast is each podcast is inspired by a particular alcohol or cocktail relating to this week's theme. The second rule is that we each get to introduce the other, thus engaging in the timeless edge play of having your ex introduce you to the world. And as Bonnie is just really excited to be here, the third rule is each of us gets to ask an uncomfortable question about today's topic. So this, since this is a very special episode brought to you by Blake's turning fucking 50, <laughs> we are changing up the rules just a little bit. So this week's episode, the first rule is true. This week's episode is brought to you by Jameson, um, the perfect Irish whiskey, which is the whiskey that frankly started it all for- Let's be honest. I've been looking over the last 25 years of my life. Jameson is really where it all started. And honestly, to be true, it's probably where it's all going to end. But yes, it is. Uh, it is. It is the alpha and the omega. It is the beginning and the end for most of Blake's um, poor and great life choices. <laughs> uh, and if you are coming to the party in New York City, it is always the best uh, choice of which to purchase for him if you want to buy him a drink. Jameson is always an excellent choice. 
So this week's episode is brought to you by Jameson. Um, I've always referred to Jameson as the perfect long-term partner because Jameson does not mind if you cheat on him with some other higher class elitist whiskeys because Jamie always knows you'll come back to him in the end. Sooner or later, you'll be sitting in a pub, sitting in that dive bar. You're looking at the wall and you realize there is that green bottle. He's always there for you. He never lies. He's always waiting. He's always going to be there for you. And it's true. I've been in dive bars and everywhere. Cairo, uh, Istanbul, and there's always Jameson. Jamie's always waiting for you. So there you go. This week's episode of A Wookiee Looks at 50 brought to you by Jameson. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the prickly, painful knife of nostalgia that's about to come at me. Exactly. All right. So rule number two is we both get to introduce each other. This is one, this is, you know, as you all know, my absolute favorite. Uh, I forget every week uh, how to introduce Blake, which um, I did this time as well, but I actually have one. So, Blake, you go first. No, it's my birthday. I get to do what I want. (laughs) Child, infant, toddler. Yes! Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) child, infant, toddler, Blake Thompson, my ex-boyfriend. Your turn. Is that really your intro? Yes. Seriously. Done. Your turn. Let me introduce my ex of over 23 years, Bonnie Neal, who knew me when I was young, pretty, and redheaded. It's true. He was redheaded back in the day. Back in the day. And now both of us look at our past and realize we are both chasing beauty products. Bonnie more than me, but you know. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> For Since we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, Bonnie's went blonde, ladies and gentlemen, and she's constantly talking about, I've went blonde. Look at me. I'm blonde. I'm blonde. I'm blonde. Man, that just sounds like jealousy because it looks really good. I'm sorry. For anyone that knows me out there, I have a wonderful mane of silver going. There is no jealousy. Apocalyptic Santa Claus. You're right. You're totally rocking it out. I, however, have a gorgeous honey blonde thing going on. But whatever, I'm not here to stomp on your rule number two. Is that it? Was that is that great? That was that all the shade you had to throw? The episode is still young. Right. <laughs> anyway, for rule number three, we are changing it up just a little bit this week. Um, so since this week's topic is a Wookiee Looks at 50, this is going to be a very Blake-centric uh, episode. Basically, he has given me permission <laughs> to ask him an awful lot of questions about what it is like to be a Wookiee and 50. Uh, I'm just And single. And single and an apocalyptic-looking Santa Claus and to just, you know, unleash all of my curiosity about what he is thinking and feeling about being 50 and single and, you know, uh, a Blake-sized human. And in exchange for letting me ask an awful lot of nosy questions for 30 minutes, I actually do have a timer. In exchange (laughs) for that, he gets to ask uncomfortable questions for a solid 15 minutes. There will be a timer uh, based on any topic he wants to of me. That seems fairsies, samesies, rightsies, right? <laughs> I love it. So there you go. That's our rule number three for this week. That's what we're doing. You're welcome. It seems fair. I love it. All right, we're moving on. There we go. And moving on. And also, I'm going to give a shout out to our fantastic sound engineer, Jamie, who's taking care of us for this episode. We just kind of threw this on him last minute, and he was like, I'm really busy and working, guys, but sure, I will make it happen somewhat, sort of. <laughs> 
Um, but yes, he's wonderful. And to keep in mind, we are having this party in New York City on Friday, June 30th, 2023. There is an invite on the Facebook page for Drinking With Your Ex. Again, everybody is invited. It will be at, what is it? The It'll be at the Long Pour on, on 2nd Avenue between 9th and 10th. It's right beside the Copper Still in the East Village. Please come by. We would love to see you. I am actually going to bring um, one of the hand recorders that we have. And please come and record anything you would like to say about Blake. Anything you'd like to say to Blake. Anything you would like to say. Uh, uh, any memories you'd like to share about Blake. I will also be Or tossing, strong opinions you'd like to share about Blake. <laughs> including some ideas about topics or some things you would like to say about how Blake is wrong about everything and how Bonnie's a nice one. Really, you know, just come bring your ideas. Uh, we're going to throw most of that uh, raw audio at Jamie and see what he can come up with. Um, maybe some blooper reels that we can share later on when we do resume season two after Bonnie goes to Burning Man, which will be in the fall of 2023. But Yeah, and also with that, we are actually developing a lot of really great topics for our season this year. We are thinking about you while we just disappeared into the ether, we promise. Um, and you guys, you know, as always, are keeping the uh, comments coming. You... Uh, I mean, I love how many ways you say, where the fuck are you people? Uh, I, I love it. It makes me feel like, oh, we are missing. Thank you so much. Uh, but you do keep the uh, the ideas coming. You do keep the dialogue coming. Um, thank you. Uh, we, we, we do miss you and we know that you miss us. And that's actually even better. That's fantastic. And we are so thankful for all of you that tuned in. Fantastic. And keep it coming. Again, the email address is info at drinkingwithyourex.com. And again, only Blake and I see that. So your your comments and your conversations are continue to be very private. So thank you for that. All right. So we're just going to launch into this. A Wookiee looks at 50. So, all right. So my main question for you, Blake, is my experience for the past four or five years is that you have been a morose motherfucker around your goddamn birthday every year. You have not wanted to have a party. You have not wanted to do anything. What has changed this year? I'm excited about 50. Why? I made it to a half century. Come on. A half fucking century. So like half of a hundred years. Half wow. of a hundred years and I'm still here. All right. Talk a little That's more about That's pretty exciting. That. Well, let's see. For as Bonnie likes to remind everyone, I was an undercover narcotics officer coming off an assignment when I first moved to New York. Narc. Go ahead. Anywho, as we all know, that type of employment does not have a long life expectancy. And then I moved to New York and realized I could do, do anything I wanted to do. Yep. And then I started doing just that. Anything I wanted to do. And Which also, also involved a lot of professions that did not have a long life expectancy, like bouncing in the village. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and down the nostalgia train, yeah. But bouncing in the village really introduced me to a lot of amazing people yeah. and a lot of amazing friends that I'm going to see on my birthday on June 30th, and that's really exciting to me because I'm going to get an experience being here at 50 with all the really neat people I know. When you you and I met, and I was I really the first person that ever pointed out to you that you seemed to have a death wish? Yep. Are you serious? Yep. It. Had Never really occurred to you that you'd had oh, no. a death wish? No, I knew. I knew I did. But, but you just thought, what, you were that stealth nobody else had noticed? No one did. Did you really think no one else had noticed it? Did you really think they, the stellar human beings that had recruited you at, what, age 20 to become an undercover narcotics officer were not aware that you had a bit of a death wish? Did you not think that was maybe a requirement? 
I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about like personal people that I knew. Because like, one, it's like I always had a propensity for danger and for risk taking. Anybody that knew me in my teens and my early twenties knew I drag raced all over hell and creation and the fastest cars I could be in. Hence why I don't own one now. <laughs> danger is my middle name. Grr, grr. <laughs> And you just, you know, decided to hop into a profession where, you know, that was a professional asset, right? It was. And it was the risk. I mean, again, I was an adrenaline junkie, very, very severe adrenaline junkie. And to this day, there's still, that creature still lays in the back of my brain. Okay. So I, I would say that it is not unusual for most 20-year-old men from Ohio to be adrenaline junkies, but I would say that there's something, there was something slightly more about you. There's a difference between drag racing and deciding to be an undercover narcotics officer uh, that is wanting to literally up the, 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 the chances of uh, dying young. Mm-hmm. Did you want to die young? Or did you just... I never planned to live this long. Why? Don't know. I never... I lived every day like it was my last. Because I never expected to make it that far. Because, candidly speaking, a lot of members of my family died very young. In their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and their 50s. I never expected to make it this far. Was it sort of like a... I mean, there's something slightly weirdly romantic about that you know the sort of what james dean die young and leave a good looking corpse or was it sort of live fast die hard slide in the home plate i mean that does sound kind of romantic except i know with you is sort of like more of a hillbilly take to it right <laughs> it was sort of like uh you know go out before the meth takes your teeth out kind of thing right Thank you, Bonnie, but I do still have my full set of teeth. Thank you very much, and I am not—I'm not a user of meth. And a full head of hair, too. And a full head of hair. My hairline is not chasing my ass nor winning. Look at me—I'm just <laughs> handing out compliments. <laughs> you have your teeth and your hair. <laughs> Hashtag winning. No, I never thought I'd make it this far. Uh, I, I remember that. I remember being struck because I remember also thinking. I mean, I was also someone that that I would die young. Um, I, I guess in retrospect, all young people maybe do. Um, but you were, at the time, I remember thinking, actively seeking it out. You you, you, you seem to. But here's the funny part. I never thought I was going to die. Really? Well, part of that, I was also the invincibility of being young, right? Yeah. The, 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 the greatest thing about being young is that you do kind of think you're invincible. It doesn't really occur to you that you could die, right? You know, that... That was, uh, that was the best thing about being a teenager, right? Like, I am a teenager. I'm invincible. Uh, you know, mortality is, is a thing that happens to other yeah. people. Even though you see sometimes, like, you know, teenagers dropping like flies. You do. But I never I never thought about the consequences. I kind of miss that about being a teenager. Yeah, I mean, it, I miss it, but I don't. Like, I understand the consequences now, but still, I mean, there's still that part of me goes, nah, Blake, you're not going to die. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, on some level, we all have to believe we're not going to die just to, you know, get in the car and drive on I-35. Uh, you just have to believe in your invincibility on sometimes if you're driving in Austin, Texas. But no. Or getting on the subway in New York City. Right. But again, it's, there'd be days it never occurred to me. It really didn't. And I don't know if you would say that it's idealistic or. Delusional. Delusional. I mean, let's be honest. I never thought about it. Huh. 
Well, I mean, do you think about it now? Do you kind of think that, I mean, uh, I remember telling you one time when you were feeling very morose about your life, I feel like it was one of the many times you were impersonating Morrissey around your birthday. <laughs> and I was like, dude, what the fuck do you have to be upset about? You are, you are playing with the house's goddamn money. You know, it's just, it's just fucking amazing that you're here right now. Yeah. Oh, no, and that's the thing. Uh, since I moved to Texas, Texas was doing its damnedest to kill me. It's true. Although, to be fair, if you've been, been suffering the health problems in New York City, you would definitely have been dead. Again, we don't know. Yeah, we do. I'll take that bit. But again, I'm still here. It's true. <laughs> I've lived through five pulmonary embolisms. Yes. Five. House is money. You're, you're, you're essentially like living in this fucking like Vegas villa for free. Yeah, it's... Time to hit the buffet. Every day. <laughs> But that's the thing. It's, I made it to 50. And that's the biggest thing for me right now. I'm here. I have a lot to celebrate. So what was, all right. So, okay. So in the past like 25 years, so let's just break down. I mean, you, you've been alive for fucking ever, like a half century. We need to just break this thing down in more like digestible bites. Um, Let's say in the past quarter century, let's just take it back to like, 25 years. Uh, what 1998. was... 1998, right? The year we met, right? Um, what was the most fun thing in the past 25 years that you have done? God, I don't know. Well, think about it, white boy. I mean, 25 years, it's... One of the funnest things I've done, honestly, was when I rode a motorcycle cross-country to Texas. Yeah. And I still have, and like, one of my fondest memories from that is I was riding into St. Louis. And I was coming around through the thruway, heading towards St. Louis proper, and I was being chased by a thunderstorm. And it's getting dark. It's, it's right at dusk. So, I mean, when, especially when you hit that thunderstorm when it's black, the clouds, everything's black. And then the lightning hits and everything just ignites. I'm coming around the thruway and I'm approaching st louis proper and i'm hitting the skyline and the arch and all of a sudden this amazing lightning flash occurred and it lit up the entire skyline like i was dumbfounded for a good 10 seconds at 75 miles an hour <laughs> you're like you should focus at that moment but how can you i mean you couldn't just because if i could take one image out of my brain and put it on a photo then, and hanging on my wall, it would be this image. Fuck yeah. And it was just, and I remember sliding into my hotel under the arch, putting down my kickstand, turning my key off, and that's when the entire sky just unleashed and exploded. And it just a torrential downpour. Nicely timed. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. And I mean, that was, that's just one memory of hundreds. From the last 25 years where like Bonnie and I were talking about um, pictures on our website. Oh yeah. And, and for all you know that you see that picture of me sitting on the Snoopy ride and the arcade smiling like a ridiculous idiot. I mean, unmedicated lunatic, but sure. Ridiculous <laughs> idiot. Uh, we were talking about good days and that was one of the really good days in my life where I was out with a bunch of our Bonnie's and my mutual friends, our Brooklyn boys, 
uh, we were in Staten Island meeting a ton of wrestling managers and talent. And I got a picture with Jimmy Hart. Who is? He was, he managed Hulk Hogan back in the day. He managed uh, Greg Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, and just, we could go down the laundry list of people. But he's a very well-known, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Very well-known uh, wrestling manager from the 80s and 90s. And uh, I got to meet him and have a really great conversation with him. And, th- and right after that, to a uh, friend of my friend John and I jumped on the rides and people decided to take pictures of us while we were on the rides. Well, because you're Wookiee-sized and you're on a tiny little ride. And- I'm on a tiny little ride and like big man on a tiny little ride is hilarious. Well, I mean, you're also smiling like you eat small children for breakfast. I mean, not, again, not that I'm judging, I am slightly, but yes. You're totally judging. Right of my charm. But again, it's just like I'm... I'm not going down the nostalgia train like thinking that with the rose-colored glasses, but I'm looking at all my good days that I've had in the last 25 years with some really amazing people that have touched my life, and I've got to spend time with them. And that's exciting. You're really looking forward to this birthday party, aren't you? I'm so looking forward to this birthday party. I'm like, whoever wants to show up, come out, hang out, tell a bad story about Blake, bring a bad picture of Blake, or just come hang out and have a drink with me. It's going to be so much fun. And especially since uh, the bar that we're doing it at, it's called The Long Pour Now. But back in the day, it was The Thirsty Scholar. And then previously, before that was The Jolly, Jolly Roger. Roger. <laughs> which is this dirty rock and roll bar. and uh, Hence the name, The Jolly Roger. Hence The Jolly Roger. And anybody that had, went in The Jolly Roger met Krista, the blonde heavy metal bartender that was behind it. Who played Monster Magnet 300 times a night. <laughs> you can never tell if her playing Monster Magnet was a sign that she was angry and she's about to fuck somebody up or she was in a really good mood and about to hand out shots to everybody. It could go either way. When I moved to New York City, you talked about me having a death wish. I learned that there were so many things I could live for after that. Yeah. It was kind of fun to see you sort of re-engage with life. But I mean, stepping on that plane to come to New York City was sort of a re-engagement with life. Because my life in Ohio was not sustainable. It was going to kill you. Yeah. And you were trying real damn hard to get killed. Yeah, I was. But again, I never thought I was going to die. I really didn't. Undercover narcotics officers rarely do until they are. But I'm still here. You are. Hashtag winning. Hashtag winning. Once again, playing with the house's money. Totally. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I bet everything on black and here I am. (laughs) Upgrade my room. (laughs) Uh, comp all my buffets, bitches. Uh. But that's the thing. It's you. You talk about me being maudlin on my birthday, and like you know, very Morrissey and very depressed. The Cure is playing, and fuck yes, you were just like, I don't think you. We didn't do anything for your birthday last year. You were just like fuck you all, and you just. I don't think you left your room last year. You were just a maudlin son of a bitch. I was. I mean, I was like forty nine. Come on. I mean, what's, what's wrong with 49? I feel like we could just party like 49. It's like seven squared. Let's just do it. Come on. Again, I was in my own head a lot, trying to figure out what I was doing, trying to, again, Texas, so thankfully, rodeo fucked me when I was trying to get my mental health license here, which really stunted a lot of career growth, which didn't help. I mean, can I say something shitty about that? Sure. It's almost like you're a vocational counselor and you should have known that before you moved here. Wow. Thanks. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> Are you convincing me to stay in New York? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, you acted like Texas did that to you, and I was like, why, but how did you not know that before you moved here? But go ahead. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho, Bonnie takes pot shots. Isn't it fun to have, a, like, a 
public podcast with your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> Isn't this just a way to build up your self-esteem and have fun with life? Uh, my self-esteem is stainless steel sitting around you because I got to put the face on every time we do this. <laughs> oh, come on. It's fun. It totally is. Hashtag winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, but getting my career running and getting fully licensed in Texas really helped. Also realizing everything that I had to be thankful for and that I have going for me moving into 50 where if anybody knows me now i'm sick of working for people and i want to do my own thing and after me after the new york trip i'm coming back and hitting the ground running with making the rest of my life look the way i wanted to i'm coming out oh yeah oh yeah what the world to know Got to and that's the biggest thing it's for the first time in a very long time i feel like i'm in control of my life and that's really exciting it's happy it's not Oh, God. Fuck. That's not happening this time. Has it happened before? Is that what 40 felt like or 35 or any of these other milestone birthdays? 35 was awesome because that's when I, I mean, 35 was like right around, you know, all the shit happening in the financial district and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And I went back to school and I'm bouncing in five different bars <laughs> and going to school full time. Man, I think you and I just define the word awesome differently. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a reevaluation of life, and like I could do things that I wanted to do. It was a pivot. Yeah, like right now, I'm on a new pivot. Wait a minute, 2008. That was 2008, 2009. Were you in New York at that time, or was that when you came back from LA? No, I came back in LA in 2006. Oh, okay. So you came back before mm -hmm. financial crisis. Okay. Yeah, because I was working the I was working the Gold's Gym on John. St uh, I started out the Gold's Gym on 54th Street in Broadway. And when they opened up the when they opened up the one on John Street, I moved down to that one. Oh wow! So you were really literally right. Like you were working, you were working with all of the Wall Street douchebags during the financial crisis. Did, they, um, did any of them jump out of the window? That seemed like a rough time for me. And I'm just going to say this out loud, ladies and gentlemen. If I was smarter back in back then, I would be very rich because I knew everything that was happening during that time during the financial crash. Well, it was very hard to like make a lot of money unless you had shares to short, which I did, which made yeah. a lot of money until we couldn't. It was, a, it was a rough time. <laughs> yeah. But it was, I remember coming home and telling my partner at the time, by the way, this just happened and I'm unemployed. <laughs> I remember a uh, New York Times article coming out about how all of Wall Street were now restricted to an annual salary of $500,000 and how are they ever going to survive? And I was like, oh, those fuckers. Yeah. How are we ever going to survive with a half a million dollar annual salary? It's well, like the world is ending. Yeah, but that was the, the that was the big, big people. The little people in those companies, which was terrible. I remember we had a thousand people come in over a two week period, canceling their memberships, canceling their corporate memberships, Walking in with boxes from their office to cancel. Going, yeah, my life's over. No, your job's over. There are different things. Those are different things. Those are different things. But tell them that at the time when they thought they were having a sterling, stunning career in finance in the financial district in New York City. That was, I mean, I, mean, I, I was one of those people. So, you know, here I am, like, you know. Uh, we can hindsight 2020. Beat tossing out an awful lot of, like, shade and judgment when, you know. It, it, but it's it was a that was a hard lesson to learn exactly at that same time, right? And New Yorkers, I think, kind of fall into that where they, New Yorkers just work so hard. They they just work so so hard and they work so long. And 
it, it, they they are in many ways defined by their work, right? And so when you take their work away from them, they're 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 kind of stuck in this identity crisis in the negative space. Well, because so many people, especially around that time, their entire identity was their career, career right? You know, and so you know their lives are over because their jobs are over, and then you know you you have to figure out how who you are when you no longer have that job, right? Uh, and that is a defining moment in one's career or one's life, right? Because it's a defining moment in one's career. Uh, and that was a, a defining moment in New York's life, but, you know. Yeah, and it was also a very defining moment in my life because then, I mean, at the time I had an associate's degree in criminal justice. That six bucks gets you a beer. Well, I mean, maybe gets you a beer because you were flirt with all the bartenders, right? But, you know. Uh, <laughs> and still do. It's true. <laughs> Let's not, you can throw all the shit you want. I In, still do. Inflation, sometimes it costs a little bit more than that, but yes. But anywho, it was deciding that I want to go back to school and I want to make a difference for me and for other people. That's an interesting leap to go from, like, what, what caused, I mean, what, like, witnessing the, the destruction of, you know, the global financial system, uh, you know, front row seat with Wall Street decides you want to go back and help people? That is an odd jump. How does one make that uh, leap? Well, one, because I was, again, I'm working in corporate sales, and I remember my partner at the time saying, I don't want Blake selling me anything. I don't want to just sit in front of him and have him do his his salesperson chicanery <laughs> that causes me to go, here, here's my credit card. Take everything I have. Well, you know, I mean, I remember pointing out to you uh, uh, that, you know, you were an undercover narcotics officer, meaning that you were already a trained manipulator of minds, uh, or one might say a gifted liar. And that was excellent training to be a very good salesman. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was great. Yes. A wonderful salesman. And and when you're like, of course I know. And you started like throwing out all of these salesman lines that you had down and at gold. And I was like, and then you dad let it perfected at Hollywood. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're frightening. And this is after you'd gone into therapy school. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, Blake. <laughs> Please tell me they started out with an ethics class. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> uh, did they, did, was, there, was there an ethics test before they allowed you into therapy school? Well, oh, but, he, but here's what's funny. And I don't think we talked about this, but my first major when I went back to school was forensic science. Yeah, I think I remember that. Like, and, okay. I thought, and I thought about it. Then I realized, I remember my second semester at John Jay, and I'm sitting in a, in, a, in a lab with a bunch of people with no social skills. And I realized, I fucking can't do this. Oh, my God. No one can here can carry a conversation in a five-gallon bucket. What am I going to do? Well, they're scientists. They're not here to chat. They're here to find out facts. <laughs> and I remember going, going to my... Uh, my, my uh, advisor and changing my major that day. And it's like, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> to go into forensic psychology? Yeah. And then when did you move to, you moved into what, behavioral psychology, like, right? There was a- no, my bachelor's degree is in forensic psychology. So what is the, what is the difference, right? Like, what? what- Again, remember, it's just a misnomer. It's like all, all forensic means is of the law. And, oh, um, okay. I didn't know that. Basically, what it does is you're working within the criminal justice system. So my first my first jobs as a counselor was I was working. Uh, my first job I worked in a hundred bed for uh, high risk uh, facility for substance and mental health um, challenges, and everyone in there was mandated to treatment. 
So what is that? Are those are those criminals, right? Are those people yeah. who are arrested for what, no, what, like, no people coming out of prison? Ah, okay. Uh, out of prison, like Attica, are coming out of like Rikers, or are they coming out of like all city of jail, like okay. all of it. So of like it. domestic violence, like assault, like is that is that kind of what it is? Like I I don't know. Give me no, an idea. No, most, like, no, most of them were felons, like Class A felons. So that's assault, right? And yeah, battery, and, you know, violent crime. Yeah, violent crime. There was no white collar crime that I treated. But the, the, but those are that's coming out of city jail, right? That's coming out of NYPD. And they, they were coming. They were coming out of Rikers. They were coming out of Attica. They were coming out of prison. Okay. And this is a transition. Was it like a halfway house, or what was this, or was this? Well, again, not to go, not to like go on a like a tangent about New York City uh, court court and law system. Uh, it was a transitional period for people that were that had substance or mental health issues while in prison or prior to their incarceration. Okay. And what it was 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 preparing them for life afterwards. It's not so much a halfway house, but they were mandated to treatment as a condition of their parole. Yeah. Okay. Their parole and or probation. And they lived there. Yes. Ah. Well, they sound like fun. They were. It was a great time. Oh, okay, I can't really read your face with that no, statement. They were. Was that was that was that irony or was that sarcasm? No, or? That, that was not sarcasm or irony. It was the majority of the clients in that program were really excited to move on with their lives and to improve their lives. Like this was actually when the system was working, where these people were working on their rehabilitation, did not want to go back to jail, did not want to go back to a gang. Did not want to go back to dealing drugs or robbing people or what have you. And they these, really wanted to make positive changes for themselves. And these were what the halcyon days of what the third Bloomberg administration mm -hmm. and what things went to shit with de Blasio. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, it went to shit because I mean, he started quietly cutting all the funding that Bloomberg actually put in place for that. Much like Giuliani. Yeah. Thinking he was doing good work. Well, the road to hell, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But because um, I realized I had a better gift at talking and helping with people. And that, well, yeah, you did. I mean, when did when did that? Well, and and to help people in in ways that didn't involve parting them from their money, <laughs> actually helping them, you know, make better choices in their lives. But that was coming clear, bouncing because you knew that bouncing. That's that that was something yeah. you you figured out bouncing when when you and I were dating or. After we broke up, too. Yeah, but I mean, like the entire time I bounced, it's like, as you know, I never raised my voice. I always talked to them as a person. Now, the only time I've ever seen you yell uh, has, has been gaming because you <laughs> turn into a very hysterical bitch, frankly, gaming. Um, and uh, don't look at me like that. You just have a look on your face like you just bit into a lemon. Like I just called you out on something and I'm like, I'm not wrong about this. It's fine. Um, but yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's really the only time I see you yell is when you're, you're feeling very dramatic. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've never really seen you yell in a professional situation. And again, you've watched me take the most violent human being, hug them, and put them in a cab. Well, they hugged you first, to be <laughs> fair. They hugged you first after they started crying. It was very sweet. Um, very creepy and weird, but very sweet in its moment. It's just, like, I look at that period, like, like being 35 and changing 
my whole outlook on life and how I can work and help people and also be a professional all at the same time. What about 40? How did 40 hit you? I was a rock star. Oh, yeah? Because I'm like, come on, let's be honest. I hit 40. Let's see. It's 2023. It's 2013. I mean, I felt like a rock star in 2013. I was at the top of my very important job doing very important things with very important people. Just ask them. I'll tell you exactly how important they are. It's like, like, I'm I'm going to grad school. I'm working at all the hottest bars in the West and East Village. My life was fabulous. (laughs) And that's not rose-colored glasses. It was just... I'd be like, hey, where are you working at? I'm working down the hatch tonight. Where are you working at? I'm working at the Grafton tonight. Where are you working at? I'm working here tonight. It's Thursday night. I'm at St. Mark's Ale House. You're feeling cool. You're feeling in the groove, right? You're feeling totally in, in the, the groove. You know, the, uh, the, the, the center of the, uh, the East Village nightlife. Yeah, center of East Village nightlife. You know, on Sundays, I'm taking jujitsu. I mean, <laughs> yeah. A very interesting uh, definition of rock star, but it's very specific. It's very you, Blake. <laughs> but I mean, it's like jumping in a cab and rolling up the FDR, watching the sunrise. Yeah, you were talking about that one to do that this time. Because, again, that's just one of the best rides. That is a very pretty ride. That is. Yes. And again, not a nostalgia train, just moments in my life where I'm like going, I've had some really amazing experiences. And also in the last couple of years when I was getting sick and having all these health issues, I started taking them for granted. These amazing experiences. You did. You started feeling that they were unimportant or anybody could have them and anybody did have them or that they were, yeah, you know, that, uh, yeah, I don't know. You did, you were like, yeah, whatever. They, they are, uh, yeah, cause I, that, I, that and $6 will not buy me a beer because nobody will buy me a beer because nobody likes me. Nobody <laughs> likes me. Nobody knows. You were just, yeah, <laughs> fucking modeling as fuck. I was. I completely admit it. And also, therapy has helped. As it always does. As it always does. Except when it sucks. Except when it does suck. But it was also realizing all the different things that I've done and that I've made it this far. I beat a lot of health issues a lot of people have not. Correct. And I'm fucking thankful for it. Me too. Like, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled just to go see people. Yes. And be. I mean, speaking of rock stars, you're throwing your fucking 50th birthday in New York fucking city, man. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to be in my rock star best, a black t-shirt, a pair of jeans, a pair of black boots. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm not quite the response to that. I mean, it's like. My favorite bouncer chic outfit. Bouncer chic. I was like, I mean, rolling like Keith Richards. I don't know. I feel like you need a bandana. I mean, I'm not quite sure what the response to that is. <laughs> but yeah, it's became apparent that I can make my life anything I want it to be in the next 20, 30, 40 years. Be 98, sitting in a nursing home going, <laughs> That's a disturbing cackle to, you know, inflict on the uh, robot nurses. I know, right? But again, it's, I made it this far. You did? I plan on living as long as I can. Well, what are some goals for the next, well, the the next 10 years, right? The next, uh, until the next milestone birthday. Well, one, making it to 60 is a big milestone because modeling and not modeling but or depressive but at 60 i'll have outlived the majority of my family what do you mean most of my aunts and uncles 
On both sides. On both sides. Didn't make it that far. How old was your father when he died? 54. Ooh. I mean, your mother's older than that because evil never dies. How old was your mother? 78. All right, so there's a solid milestone. Um, what about her? Her, her brothers had died young, though, right? They're all dead. And what, are their, what were their ages? Well, some of them lived... Um, she's the youngest, so some of them, they lived in their 80s. All right, so evil no. can last long. Evil can last a very long time. But the majority of them also dealt with mental health issues, dementia, Alzheimer's. Fun times. Fun times. So, I mean, I wouldn't call their, like, their last 10 to 15 years living, if you don't, I mean. Well, that's because Ohio Jesus is just as mean as West Texas Jesus. Sometimes he requires you to suffer while on earth. <laughs> right. I stopped worrying about all these different things and started looking at all the positives. Well, these things you can't control. If, if they happen, they're, they're going to happen, they're whether or not you worry happen. about them. They're going to fucking happen. I mean, I can catch fire when it's 127 degrees in Texas. Or you can freeze to death in fucking Texas because the energy capital of the world entire grid can go down. Hashtag irony. <laughs> I mean, irony can kill you at any time. But again, it's there's so many positives I have. Yeah. And it was realizing all those positives and acknowledging all those positives and going, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And that's pretty exciting. I mean, I'm fucking excited. Hell, throwing my 50th birthday party in the goddamn New York City East Village. Yeah. Even like a rock star. I still want to live like a rock star. And the fact that I can do this, I can. Yeah. So, how does it feel to be single at 50? Uh, and, uh, you know, doing a podcast with your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Excuse me, I still think that shit's fucking funny. <laughs> Hashtag ladies and gentlemen, what the fuck? <laughs> so good, clean living and awesome did life decisions have gotten me to this point where I'm sitting across from Bonnie Neal 25 years after our relationship. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you should be so lucky. <laughs> And people going, when are you getting back together? Never. Oh, my God, people. You really got to stop with that question. That, although I did tell Blake, like, that's usually my, so we do get that question a lot. So when are you guys getting back together? And I'm like, all right. So I tell Blake, well, this is this is my response to it. I was like, never, because frankly, Blake can do better. And frankly, so can I. Because, <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, uh, no. And also, for the record, we've <laughs> lived with each other. Um, if we lived with each other again, there would be tryouts where that would involve broken beer bottles and pool sticks. <laughs> oh, you're talking earlier today, and I was like, uh, I mean, I, you know, we were talking about nostalgia, and we were like, how nostalgia lies, and it's just all these, like, you know, just rom these romantic moments. And I was like, I mean, there's some things like good about nostalgia, you know. Uh, I can, you can make you remember some good things. I was like, I remember being in love with you, Blake, and that's lovely. I was like, but then I also remember living with you and I like that just makes me like vomit a little bit in my mouth every time I look at you because I remember what it was like to fucking live with you and what it's like to have all your hair products taking up space in the bathroom and that just makes me angry every time I think about it she's just pissed off because my hair is perfect sure that's what 
exactly it. Never, people. It's just never. But realistically, Bonnie's just pissed off because like her fondest memory of being angry at me living together was when I was like, like pe- scraping paint off with a razor blade at three o'clock in the morning. Well, I'm coming home from the bar, <laughs> hanging out with the boys, and be like, "Baby, you man." <laughs> And he's like, no. I'm like, I don't know, baby. You seem mad. You should put the razor down. Let's talk about it. Scrape, 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 scrape. <laughs> also, when I'm like hanging out late, laying on the couch and he's vacuuming at me. <laughs> you all know what he's talking about. Yeah. No. Yeah, we're not getting back together. So nope. Y'all can get over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't know what my dating life's going to look like over the next couple of years. Elaborate. Again, I'm uncertain what that's going to look like. Sort of a wait and see as opposed to a hunter with a goal. Yeah. Like if it happens, it happens. That actually might be the healthiest uh, attitude I've ever heard you have about your dating life. Yeah. Um, it's Just to offer an unsolicited opinion, but I've got a lot of those about your dating life. <laughs> as do I about yours. <laughs> It's almost as if we have a podcast based around that entire fact. But that's the thing. It's like, I'm uncertain. Still trying to figure out what it looks like. What I want. What I want in a potential partner. What I want my potential dating life to look like. I'm going to end up living with a bunch of dogs dressed in su- as superheroes. <laughs> it's not okay what you want to do to those corgis, Blake. It's still not okay. Don't hate. No, I'm just putting down some firm boundaries about what's not okay to do to corgis. That's not hating. That's a good boundary. I have lots of friends that have lovely pets that they dress up. So there. No, that's not a defense. No, sorry. Mm-mm. Nope. But again, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. Like right now, I'd rather just go with the flow. And like if I end up connecting with another human being, awesome. Like uh, that's a real solid place to start. Yeah, like, you know, let it happen organically. Not over so much as romance, but over similar interest. Again, solid place to start. Yeah. Because, again, at 50, I don't want to put that much pressure on myself. Well, I mean, you could have a heart attack. It's fine. You got to slow things down, old man. (laughs) No, I don't need to slow things down. Just rest. You're fine. You're fine. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, the timer has gone off. Do you want? Uh, do you want? You want to go a little bit? You want go a little bit more? Or are you ready to turn it back on me? It's up to you. Oh, I don't know. Do you have any other questions you'd like to ask? Looking back at a half century of life on the planet, greatest regret and greatest triumph. Greatest triumph is easy. I'm still here. Fuck yes. That's easy. Regrets, I don't know. Regrets are, that's, as humans, we all have them. And we all want to look back hindsight 2020 and go, oh man, look at this. I could have done this. I could have done this. I could have done this. Or I could say is, my greatest regrets is not recognizing all the triumphs I had while living. You're not giving yourself enough credit in the moment? Not, yeah. Just because I've done some cool fucking shit. And not stopping for a moment 
and taking it and going, dude. 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 You've done some neat shit. Uh-huh. You sat there on the cliff in Santa Monica, smoking a cigarette on the hood of a Mustang, watching the sunset over the ocean. That's pretty fucking neat. Yeah. Rode your motorcycle cross country. Pretty fucking neat. Yeah. Moved to New York at the drop of a dime. Never seen it. Never experienced anything like it. Yeah. But, like, regrets are, like, not taking time and really acknowledging everything that I have done and realizing, damn, you've done some really amazing shit. Rock it. Embrace it. Take that moment. Remember it. Yeah. Sit there and remember it. And go, hey, you did that. Don't let your half century on this planet fuck with your memory, dude. What were you saying? I forgot. <laughs> it's all right. Somebody at your age, I wouldn't expect to. It's uh, I'll write it down and read it to you later. Uh, poop my pants. <laughs> Ew, gross. Those are my chairs. Stop it. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's because one thing I've been actually exploring in therapy over the last month is regret and um, doing the woulda, shoulda, coulda list. And then I realized my fucking list that I've done trumps my woulda, shoulda, coulda list. Outright trumps it. Just like, hi, Royal Flush. <laughs> I'm walking away now. I'll see you at the buffet. Because <laughs> yeah, the buffet's comped, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Living in the villa for free. House is money, bitches. But that's the thing. It's I could have done so many things different. I could have done so many things differently. I could sit there and go back and go, yeah, I should have done this. I could have done that. What if this? It's not whatever. I did shit. I've lived on both coasts, traveled the planet. You've been bi-coastal. Sorry. Yeah, bi-coastal. Uh, sorry, that's just a, that's a, that's an Austin joke. <laughs> it's also a New York and California joke. Oh, no, no. In Austin and South by, right, people, you know, people come here and you're like, hey, where are you from? They're like, we're bi-coastal. You're like, so that's not an actual fucking place. <laughs> I've done amazing shit and met amazing people along the way. And the majority of those amazing people are still in my life. That's pretty damn cool. Truth. Super cool. Truth. So, Bonnie. Uh-huh. As you're approaching 50. I'm nowhere near 50. Oh, but you are. No, 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 no. I'm not even, I'm not even like, like peeking the horizon. It's, it's, it's wheeze wee. But it's coming. I mean, you know, so is death, but it's also still a ways away. <laughs> now with the skin. Skin like a teenager. So true, so true. And you know what? Blonde. <laughs> Blonde. But again, you are approaching 50, whether you like to joke about it or not. Mm-hmm. What do you want your rest of your 40s to look like? Ugh. I mean... A little bit of an uncomfortable question, but... I mean, I don't know. That's that's the that's a real shitty answer, but the answer is I don't I don't I don't know. Don't have to have an answer. Uh it, it's embarrassing. I just like you, I just never expected to live this long. And I find myself constantly embarrassed that I have not planned uh and haven't thought it through the idea that I'm gonna it seems reasonable that I'm going to live to be 50. It also seems quite reasonable that I'm going to live to be 60. Uh, and if you keep following that line of logic, 70 and 80 also seem quite possible. As well uh, as Botox. Uh, fuck you. Uh, but yes, Botox <laughs> also seems in the cards, maybe. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, it, it does seem that like every decade I tend to pull a hat trick and completely 100% change my life and reinvent it. Uh, whether that involves a new state, new town, new life, new me, um, that sounds really fucking exhausting right now, but it also uh, seems to be a trend. I I don't know. Um, for those who are paying attention at home, I recently visited a city in California that the moment I set foot in it, um, some sort of like ground resonation happened in my body where it was like, ding, this feels like home body. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker, I might have to move here. And I wasn't planning on ever moving again. God damn it. I don't know. I might move again. And I didn't want plan on doing that again. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I might become a fucking Californian and oh, wow, that sounds uncomfortable. And I call bullshit because at a high taxation rate, uh, call bullshit because you came back from Palm Springs. You had to name it. Um, had to name it because I want to say it out loud for everyone. She came back from Palm Springs and she had this idealistic look on her face. Talking about how, yeah, I could see myself living there. I could see myself having a life there. I really could, and that that is weird and uncomfortable, and I I, I don't like it. Except I like it a lot. If I don't like it, that I like it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I it, it it does seem to be kind of where the stars are moving, and I don't I don't like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know where. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. Real estate is a strange game. Banking is a real strange game. I never thought of myself as a fucking banker, but it does seem that's what I am. Um, I like I like money. I like explaining money. I like actually helping people understand money. Um, on some level, I really like what I do. On another level, I really fucking hate what I do. Um, uh, I love my community. I really dislike the politics of the state I live in. Ditto. I um, I find it very, very difficult to date men in the state that I am in. There's a there, there, there is something about the mythology of Texas that I think kind of arrests uh, men, and it does seem to be quite poisoning um, here. Both, and I think it goes both ways. Um, I think I, I get a real poor opinion and they really rise to it uh, of them. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, the rest of my 40s are going to be like. I, I I will say that I have liked my 40s. Um, I, I have liked getting older. I, I think my fucking 20s epically sucked, but they were the only thing, best thing I can say about my 20s. They were fucking better than being a teenager. Um, I loved my 30s. The 30s were the first time I think life got better. I can say the same thing about my 40s. 40s are much better than the 30s, and I can only believe it just gets better, so I can only think that the 50s are just going to be fucking awesome. Um, so I just kind of have to believe that it is an upward trajectory. I, I don't have the slightest idea about how that's going to look. I do think that I've got 
some interesting ideas that I'm working on with some friends. The old lady compound. I think that's a real fun idea that I've been. I think that's a great idea. That I've been entertaining with um, some friends of mine, which is essentially a real estate investment trust uh, that some friends of mine have about kind of buying real estate in various different parts of the country that we're going to put into an investment trust that's going to generate income that over, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 years is going to basically finance um, us living in uh, maybe either building or owning, you know, um, multi-unit compounds that we can all kind of be golden girls at and, you know, hire uh, pool boys that we can sexually harass and then send to the pharmacy to pick up our pills for that we can all drink in the pool and, you know, um, be, you know, kind of, you know, 70-something lushes at. And that sounds fun. Uh, that, you know, there's some, there's some plans that we have for being, um, for retiring and, you know, kind of not hating our lives for it that, you know, maybe doesn't depend on 401k, social security, or, you know, ungrateful children uh, to take care of us. I have, you know, um, several nephews that I really don't want to depend upon their mercy to choose a third-rate nursing home for me. With the low safety rating. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, and, you know, my, uh, my, my one biological nephew, he is only 15 years younger than me, which means that we're both going to be old together. Uh, and I don't really want to, uh, uh, depend upon Riley's mercy. He is way too much like me and the rest of my family, which means that frankly, the rational reaction to both of us is to, you know, maybe smother us in our sleep and drop us off on a lone highway somewhere. Uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think the thing about my life is that it's always maybe been off script. That's what's made it Fun, but also frightening, and that seems to be what it's probably going to be going forward. I have not the slightest idea what it's going to be like, but um, I figure I'll make it up as it goes along. Who knows is the best answer. I don't know. I don't really have any plans. I have a feeling the California thing seems inevitable, like a train coming at me down the tracks, but um, right. I... I feel like California should be fully fucking consensual. So that's how I feel about it. I will do it if I want to. God damn it. There. (laughs) (laughs) But again, you don't have to have an answer right now. (laughs) Good, because I don't got one. Um, But you have an idea. I I have an idea. Then you have aspirations. That's a big difference. It's weird to want things. Um, that is that is an odd thing. But as Bonnie likes to remind me, I'm getting older. I mean, you are definitely. I can see it. I mean, like time marches on, and pretty soon you realize it's marching across your face. It totally is. I, I'm, I'm looking at it. it. I mean, it's happening in real time, kind of like a you know accelerated camera. Uh, yeah, she's just hating on the hair. You do need a haircut. I'm glad that's happening before New York. Just saying. Apocalyptic Santa. Uh-huh. Not the best look, but, you know, it's fine. It's, uh, uh, yeah, don't have a full beard right now, so. It's fine. I mean, I like it for you. <laughs> she just always hates. She can't help it. She's just angry. I'm the nice one.
as a mutual friend of ours has pointed out that I've been hanging out with, neither one of us are the nice one. <laughs> Let's call this what this is. <laughs> uh, when she said that to me, and I was like, well, I'm glad somebody finally fucking noticed. Because <laughs> Blake plays a nice one. <laughs> Not today. Right. But anyhow. Is that it? Was that, that didn't seem all that uncomfortable. You, like you're, you're, you're passing up a, this is a one time only dude. This is like a uncomfortable no, question at all times. No, it's not. I can get you later. You never get me. It's fine. It's fine. Oh no. I have a whole bunch for our future topics. It's fine. No, you don't. I don't believe you. You're just, this is, this is, this is a, this is a toothless threat. You see how I, I like shoved that in there? Like toothless Old in the long in the tooth, losing your teeth, getting, getting so you got a full set of teeth. Aged, sure. For now, a Wookiee looks at fifty. <laughs> and again, I will say the, my favorite line that I was ever told when I was young. Remember, Bonnie, age and treachery will always beat out youth and perseverance. That's man. That was a Kathy Bates line, I think. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was a pretty uncomfortable question for you. Was it? Well, I, I mean, just because I, I don't have an answer. Well, I got to watch. So I know it was uncomfortable. Uh, 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 okay. All right, I believe you. Sure. I mean, what did I say in the black way? Sure. You sure. Can't, you can't do it. Oh. You just can't do it right. It's sure. <laughs> On that note. On that note, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for still hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you for coming to our very special episode of A Wookiee Looks at 50. And please, once more, come to Blake's 50th birthday, June 30th, New York City. 6, 6 p.m. at the Long Pour. In, uh, was on 12th Street. Between 9th and 10th. In the East Village. Uh, we'll... Well, I won't buy you a drink. You can buy a drink for Blake. Jameson is his favorite, but he'll also take a Guinness. Blake will be on those food groups that night. It'll be a Guinness and Jameson evening. And you can always buy me a drink. I always take a whiskey soda tall and then whatever expensive whiskey is there, I'll, you know, always. And the Long Pour has an excellent selection of whiskey. And then just come, you know, buy a drink for yourself and say hello. Come in, hang out, have a good time. Smile, laugh, make jokes. And if not, share share a drink that you're having on the Facebook page or just email it to us again. We 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 love you guys. You this has been amazing. And we're sorry that we abandoned you. I had I, you know, I had a had, had a crisis of way too much and Blake does nothing. Um, but it was wonderful. We will come back for the second half of season two in the fall. Once again, I am Bonnie Neal. I am Blake Thompson and I'm staring at my glass. It's time for a refill. Damn straight. Bye, guys. Bye.